So I want to get right into it today, and I want to talk and have a serious one-way conversation about mentors, mentorship, coaches, and what they mean to your business, what they can do for you long-term, what they do for you on a day-to-day basis, why you should have one. If you don't, ask yourself the question why you don't. But you know what they do for our business, what they do for my business, and, and, and the business of most of successful people that you run into. Thanks for tuning into the Flip King Real Estate Radio. Whether you're a beginner or seasoned real estate vet, we are looking to help you grow your business and better your life with real-world deal examples, tools and tricks for your daily business, and good old-fashioned motivation to get you in the game. We're here to see your real estate business grow to fit your lifestyle, whether for straight cash or cash flow. Grab a pen and notebook and get ready to grow. It's the Flip King Real Estate Radio Show. Now, here's your host, Joe Evangelisti. Most of successful people that you run into, they've all came from having mentors and having coaches and having accountability partners and you know, if these are all terms that you're new to and you're looking to be successful, then I would start to look into those things. You know, I talk a lot to uh, other investors in this business that are that are either just getting started or some are some are mid-level and trying to grow their business to the next level. Uh, I talk a lot to realtors because I own a brokerage and because I'm constantly you know conversing with realtors about deals and things like that. And Whenever you're hitting a roadblock in your business, I always ask, well, what does your, what does your coach say? What does your mentor say? What does, uh, what does your accountability partner say? And you'd be surprised when I run into people who are like, well, I don't, I don't have one of those. You know, how, do you, how do you get those? Where, where does that come from? So I want to share with you today a little bit of my story and where I came from and, and who I've been around for my career and who has made me successful. I mean, I owe it to these. I feel like I owe a lot of my success to the people who have helped me get there, who have taught me what it takes to get there. Um, so I, I'm going to tell you, I started from a very early age and I always thought that my dad was my mentor. And I think that for a lot of folks that are listening, um, they can probably agree with that. One of your parents was your mentor or your aunt or uncle or someone close to you growing up was the kind of person that, you know, taught you how to ride a bike or taught you how to do math for the first time or, you know, you name it, whatever it may have been, we all started out as kids with some sort of role model or mentor, I hope. And my dad was that guy. You know, my dad was a builder. I always looked up to him. I always thought it was really cool what he did, um, you know, taking uh, construction and, and, and uh, building a house from scratch and taking a piece of raw land and you know, uh, six months later, there's a house standing there. That that always intrigued me, and I think it's in part why I enjoy doing real estate investing so much, and and taking something ugly and making it great, or um, taking a raw piece of land and building a house, which we do as well. So, you know, I always looked up to him at the very beginning, and I thought that you know that was a cool idea what he did. I thought it was great that you know my dad has always owned his own business as long as I've been alive. So in a way, I mean, he was my first foray and, 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 and look into an entrepreneurial person, you know, who was out there doing their own thing. And, you know, certainly he worked a nine to five, but at least, you know, he was the president of the company and he made his own decisions. And when he wanted to go on vacation, he did. And, you know, I always looked up to him and thought, you know what, 
if I have to do anything in life, I, I would love it to be somewhere where I at least have the freedom to make my own choices. And, you know, so I've always wanted to be a business owner and I've always wanted to be into real estate and construction for as long as I can remember. So, I mean, I think he was my first, his, my first real mentor. As I got a little bit older, I got about 15, 16 years old. One of his foremen was actually a senior chief reservist in the United States Seabees, construction battalions, for those who don't know what the Seabees are. He was a builder in the Navy. So basically Seabees and anyone who's listened to this podcast from the beginning, um, you know, Seabees are, are builders who follow around the Marine Corps for the most part and uh, build bases and repair runways and do all kinds of cool stuff all over the world and um, don't see too many boats for the most part or ships. You know, we actually stay on land. Uh, but anyway, this senior chief who was my dad's foreman, like I said, was a reservist. His name was David. David kind of said to me, look, I mean, if you want to get some discipline in your life and, and uh, learn to do something really cool, you should try to be a builder in the Navy. So I would consider him kind of like a mentor for a long time. He was my he was my boss as I was working part time through high school for my dad. You know, David was the guy I reported to and David kind of talked me into working in my way into the Navy. And I spent you know, five and a half years in the Navy, and I did a lot of really cool things. And I can't tell you how many countless mentors and coaches and instructors and people I looked up to. And, you know, in the military, it's really easy because I always equated it to this. It, it's a rank thing, right? So if somebody made rank in a certain period of time, I always thought I want to follow that person, right? I want to figure out if they made chief in six years or seven years, how do they do that? That's unreal. You know, that's not her. That's unheard of. So how do I make chief in, uh, I guess seven years is pretty too, is too fast, maybe nine or 10 years. How do I make chief in nine or 10 years? That was my, that was my thought process when I was in the military. I always thought, how do I advance? How do I take myself to the next level? And, you know, it's very, very complimentary to what happens in the real world and how I look at my day-to-day -day business. And I hope, you know, the people who are listening, you know, look at it the same way. I always think if I want to get to that next level, which is really what I want to dive into today, if I want to get to the next level, who do I surround myself with? Who do I talk to on a daily or weekly or hourly basis? You know, who do I spend my time with that's going to help me benefit? Or what my mentor always says is up level, you know, bring yourself to the next level, up level. How do you take it up a notch? How do you take it up to the next level? I personally, always think about that. And I think a lot of successful business owners and entrepreneurs think the same way. Like, how do I get to the next level? So in the military, it was always rank. That's the only way you got to the next level, which, which was the next rank. So when I got in, I always thought, how do I get promoted meritoriously is what they call it, a meritorious promotion. How do I get promoted quicker than the average person? How do I you know, get to that next level? Um, what steps do I need to take to, to get myself to the next level. And I, and I successfully was able to, to, to navigate those waters. And in uh, five and a half years or four and a half, uh, five and a half years, rather, I mean, I made, I made E5, which was pretty good. I made, but I made E5 in like three years or something like that, which was, which was very good at the time. But I looked up to people that, that, that got me there. You know, I would ask my chief, how do I advance? How do I work harder to make it happen? Who do I talk to? How do I test better? How do I score better? Or what work can I do that's going to set me apart? I always ask those questions. So a really cool story is over this past weekend, I was really excited and honored. Uh, my mentor, 
uh, actually flew in for the weekend. And we were having a charity golf outing the day before uh, Memorial Day weekend kicked off last Thursday. We put on a charity golf outing to support local veterans. And completely unexpectedly, I, di- I didn't think that he would fly in for something like that. But my mentor flew in to Philadelphia, hung out here for five days, and I got to spend a lot of really good quality time with him. And I'm so thankful for that. And, you know, while he was here, we were talking about this kind of thing. And it got me thinking, you know, he does the same thing. And this is a guy that I, I, I look at myself as being 10 steps below him. He does the same thing. He constantly thinks, how do I grow? How do I stay, <laughs> how do I stay uncomfortable for those who've been listening to the podcast? You know, in the last couple episodes, I went through getting comfortable being uncomfortable. His thought process is just the same as, as kind of mine is, you know, as, the, as, as I hope yours is, which is how do I get to the next level? And surrounding yourself with the right people and making those right decisions that, that cause you to not only be uncomfortable but to grow, which, by the way, growing is an uncomfortable feeling for a lot of people. And it is. It's natural. It, it's, it's, you know, you, you shouldn't just feel uncomfortable for uncomfortable sake. There's a reason behind that. It's because you're growing and you're learning. My mentor, Mark, always says, what are you doing to to get to that next level? You know, how are you up-leveling your life, your business, your finances, your faith, your fitness? We always talk about the, the four or five Fs, you know, how do you get those to the next level? So what are you doing in life that's helping you better yourself, for a lack of a better term? We call it up-leveling. You can call it bettering yourself, whatever you want to call it. But how are you getting to the next level? So it brings me back to my first point, which is most of the people that I know that are super successful in this world that I've talked to have had coaches or mentors or still have coaches and mentors. And in fact, the most successful people I know have multiple coaches and mentors in different fields. So, for example, my mentor has five or six mentors. He has a fitness coach. He has a mastermind mentor that he that he can put high-level ideas back and forth in conversation to figure out how to make next steps and smart decisions in his business. You know, he has a financial coach, counselor, slash mentor that helps him in his finances. He also runs a mastermind which allows him to be surrounded by people like me and allows people like me to be involved with other people at a little below, a little above my level that we can all, we can all work off of each other and feed off of each other. So in a sense, we're kind of like mentors to each other. You know, there are guys in our group that are doing things differently than I'm doing that are uh, more successful. Sometimes they're doing different types of investment deals that we're doing, that we're not doing rather. Sometimes they're doing different types of uh, investing, whether that be wholesale, wholesale, fix and flip, buy and hold, etc. So everyone's got their own little niche and we're able to, within a mastermind, communicate with each other and kind of spin ideas off each other. But these are the people that I surround my, my, myself with, my time. I spend my time on the phone with them. I spend my time communicating with them about business deals that we're doing. Uh, we have a back office Facebook group that we, we post constantly about our wins and our challenges and what's going to help us better our business individually. So, you know, I guess the idea behind this whole thing is, and you've heard this term before, I mean, you become like the five people that are closest to you. 
the five people you have the most interaction with, you're going to basically by osmosis become like those people. You know, so if you're spending your time with people that are higher level and you're spending your time investing with people that, that are mentorship level or coach level that are there to benefit you, then you're going to benefit from the conversations, the high level thoughts that are being provoked during those conversations. You're going to benefit from the actions you take subsequent to those conversations. You know, it's, it's all one big universal thing. The more time you spend with those people that are going to help you benefit and grow, the more you're going to grow. It's a pretty simple fact. I always like to think of the people that are around me. You'll hear this term talked about all the time, but sphere of influence or circle of influence. You hear a lot in sales trainings and seminars about sales and anyone who has a, a mortgage insurance or real estate background or really any type of sales for that matter. The trainer always talks about your sphere of influence, your circle of influence, the people that are basically your friends and family, past business associates, clients, and stuff like that. These are all people you could potentially reach out to for business. I like to take that idea and incorporate more of a circle of who can help you grow and what type of people in your life are you surrounding yourself with that are going to take your business to the next level. So when I think of my sphere of influence, it's not so much who can I sell to, but I think about who is bettering my life, like my mentor or my coaches or the other people that are in masterminds that I, I belong to, and also the people that we help on a daily basis. You know, when we get calls and emails and comments on the flipking.com or on our Facebook group, you know, me being able to reach out to them and help them, a lot of ways it refreshes my memory about something that, that, that you know, it may have been a problem that I had that these people are facing that I can help them with. So even when you're teaching, you're learning. So I like to think of the, the sphere of influence or circle of influence again as just a way that's going to help me constantly grow. When I'm interacting with people, I like to interact at a high level. And this is something else that my mentor preaches, which is having high-level conversations. So when you're having a conversation, is it helping you better your business? Is it helping you better your education? Or are you helping someone else better their time or their day? You know, not having meaningless conversations, but if you're prospecting, are you prospecting the right people? Are you having conversations that have already been vetted? Uh, in other words, and I'll give you an example of, of, a, of a time waste that you know happens a lot in our business, um, and that is investors taking calls or returning calls that aren't screened or properly pre-qualified. So in other words, if you have a system in place that's driving 100 phone calls a week, are you that guy or girl who is physically making that phone call back? Or are you paying a salesperson to screen through those calls, return them, qualify that lead to decipher whether they're motivated or not? And then are you calling back the five or six individuals who are qualified for your time for you to call back? You know, it's one way to make sure you're having high-level conversations. Maybe you're at a level where you don't talk to any of the clients that come in through your uh, lead process. Maybe you have someone pre-qualifying and then a higher-level salesperson closing that deal, which is great. That means that you've built your business to a level where you can start to walk away from it, um, which is, I think, I hope everyone here's goal to decide you know, to, to, to create a business that 
you can eventually make money from whether you're um, awake, asleep, or on an island somewhere. You know, that's one, one, just one very small uh, example of being making sure that you're having uh, high-level conversations. You're only talking to the people that mean the most to your bottom line. I'm not saying don't take a phone call from your wife in the afternoon, but I'm talking about creating the freedom for yourself to be able to have only the phone calls that you want to have that are going to take you to the next level. So you know that during my Navy career, I had many mentors, countless numbers of mentors um, that, that helped me through, helped me get to that next level, helped me to better my career, and in my opinion, had, had a great career in, in the five and a half short years that I was there. When I got out, I didn't jump right into real estate. I actually did a little bit of project management uh, for government contract work down in Washington, D.C., and again, had great mentors, had great people that helped me succeed in that business. Totally, totally fish out of water when I arrived on, on the job site. And by the time I had left, uh, you know, within about two years, I was there. I learned so much. I was so much more comfortable and people helped me to succeed. But I want to jump into the real estate business, which is, I think, why most of you are listening to me. I got back into New Jersey after that stint as a project manager and Started working for my dad again, to totally, you know, 180 right back to where I was after I got, before I went in the Navy rather, and was running this general contracting division and was getting my butt kicked on a weekly basis, working probably 60 hours a week doing kitchens and bathrooms and stuff like that for, for clients, and then swore up and down every time I went to work that I would never do that again. Uh, and along came my first, I would say my first real real estate investor mentor. And this guy at the time was a friend of my then future father-in-law who we did some work for intermittently as a general contractor on a couple of his properties. And I came across, and uh, the first time I met him, I'll never forget, he shook my hand and I said, you know, I'm the general contractor. And he said, he says, I'm a landlord. Like that was his job title. He's a landlord. And, you know, this was back years ago. I had no idea that that was actually a job title to this day. I think it's pretty cool that, you know, when someone can just physically be a landlord for a living and, and that that's their job, I think it's pretty neat. But anyway, um, you know, we had some really great conversation. He struck to my attention, you know, how he got there. And, you know, it was really just an interesting story. What he taught me in those first years were really the formative years of my real estate business. Now, I had to give him a good chunk of equity in the deals that we, we to this day still own together as a fee, let's say, for the mentorship. You know, I mean, he would take me to lunch uh, every other week or so, we would talk about deals. We would look at things, and you know, I would pick his brain as much as I could. And you know, we finally uh, invested in a deal together. And you know, like I said, to this day, he still has a big chunk of the equity in that deal. But I don't begrudge him for it because at that time, I knew nothing. I, you know, he, I was his mentor, and he was my mentor. And you know, I was just basically going to not do anything he said, but you know, take his advice and get into the business and work my butt off like I always have and create something from nothing. And, you know, I owe him a lot of where I, from where I've been and, and, and what I've done. And I owe him a lot for, you know, just helping me start from scratch. So, you know, I had a little bit of that construction knowledge going into it, but I knew nothing about real estate. I knew nothing about values, appraisals, home inspections, dealing with tenants, dealing with potential buyers, uh, none of that stuff. I, I didn't know any of it. So, you know, I really, like I said, credit him for getting me to take action, which is something I preach to you guys and girls all the time. Get out there and take action. 
So, and it was a scary time. And I'm going to tell you now, I bought my first rental property. I bought it, I think it was 10 weeks before my wedding. And I had actually just bought my own house like three weeks, four weeks before that. So I had bought basically two new houses, two houses in a time where I'd never bought anything in my life. The first two houses I ever bought, one was my primary and one was this investment property that I went in on with you know, this partner and another one. I spent, you know, because I was already working 50, 60 hours a week, I would go to this house at 6 p.m. Monday through Sunday or Monday through Friday rather at 6 p.m. work till midnight and then all day Saturday and Sunday and work through the weekend. And me and my other partner, not my mentor, but my other partner in the deal, I mean, we spent every single week for 12 solid weeks doing that. And in fact, I had to leave at the, on the 11th week for like three days to go to my wedding and, and, and get married and all that, and then come back and finish it up. And to this day, we still own that property. We tried to flip it. The market started to, to waver and we ended up renting it out. But I tell you all this because I wouldn't have pulled the trigger without a mentor that I felt comfortable with. That was, that was guiding me through. And, you know, as much as I always preach about pull the trigger, pull the trigger for, for you guys that are out there on the fence, you know, you should do it with a mentor. You should do it with somebody that at least has done it before that can give you some advice, a mentor or a coach. So that mentor got me basically in the business. From that point, I actually went out and got my real estate license, um, which, you know, I could spend a whole entire podcast on the pros and cons of having your real estate license and being an investor, but we won't go there right now. I can tell you that in my real estate sales career, I, I yearned to want to be successful at that, kind of more of an ego thing than anything. I wanted to prove myself that I could do it. And for the first few years, I really wasn't that successful. I mean, I was more successful than the average realtor, but that's not saying anything. And I mean, I think anyone here can go ahead and Google what an average realtor makes in America, and it's somewhere about half of poverty line. You know, but in my first couple of years, I did okay. You know, I, I certainly did better than a lot of people in my office, but I did okay. And, you know, I got by and I tried to learn more about the investing business and I kind of felt my way through the whole thing. But it wasn't until somebody said to me, you got to get off the sidelines and get a coach. You need someone to be accountable to, someone that's going to drive you to, to, to better your business and to do more volume and to get more deals under your belt. Let me tell you, that's when my career just skyrocketed. That's when I went from doing 10 or 12 deals a year to doing 45 to 60 deals a year. That's when, I mean, overnight, I mean, within a year, we went, we, we, we doubled our business once, then we doubled it again. And then we doubled it again. I mean, you know, 50 to 80% increases year over year because I was investing in myself and I was investing in a coach. And you know what that coach taught me was, it's not so much now this was and it's not so much what she said to me or what she physically taught me. Now she definitely taught me a lot. But at the time it was more the fact that I was paying her so much money. At the time I was paying her I think $600 a month which was like all the money I had. So I was not only motivated in the fact that she was teaching me and she was she was keeping me accountable and she was telling me what to do every week and how to keep my schedule, but I was so accountable that the fact that I thought to myself she has to add an extra transaction a month to my to my bottom line in order to to be worth what I'm paying but also it drove me because I had that extra bill every month. I mean that bill was way more than my car payment at the time. You know, it was way more than I think it was both my car payments, mine and my wife, my mine and my wife's car payment. And I thought if I'm going to invest this kind of money, I got to make it worth it. 
I got to make sure I'm, I'm picking her brain. I got to make sure I'm doing exactly what she tells me to do. I got to make sure that my schedule is set up. I got to make sure that I had a call with her once a week. So Monday to Monday, I had to make sure that I accomplished everything that she told me to accomplish and then some. So then when I got back on the phone on Monday, she didn't yell at me for not doing my work. So my whole goal was, and this sounds ridiculous, but my whole goal was to make my coach happy. And it really is, it's a game changer for people that have never had coaching or mentorship. You know, to have someone like that in their life who is holding them accountable to it. And I think the most important part is that I was paying for it. Because when I look back on it, had she been giving me the same advice and telling me the same things to do, had I not been paying her all that money every month, I could, you know, I could have blew her off because what happens? Who cares? I, you know, I get her advice. It rolls off my shoulders. I call her back next Monday. Did you do what I told you to do? Nah. You know, I didn't get to it. I got busy. I didn't have anything else, you know, and I, I had too many other important things to do. Busy work. Realtors have so much busy work. It makes me laugh. But those that are in the real estate business will get a chuckle out of that. You know, I had, I had contracts to get signed or, you know, whatever, whatever BS came up. If I wasn't paying her, I would not have done a tenth of the – I wouldn't have put a tenth of the effort in that I put forward because I was paying her. Because I felt like the investment that I was making, I want to make sure I follow through and I do what she says and I make her happy. Therefore, I'm going to be happy. And the bottom line is a good mentor, a good coach knows what your goals are and they're trying to help you achieve them. It's almost like they know your business plan. They know what you're trying to accomplish. They know how many – Whatever it needs, whatever the you know in 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 the sales world, it's how many calls you make, how many conversions, how many conversations you're having, how many appointments you go on. Right in the real estate world, if you're working on wholesaling, your coach or your mentor might say, "How much are you spending on marketing? How are you processing the leads that come in? Where are they going to? Are they going to your cell phone? Or are they going to a salesperson?" One of the first things my mentor told me, and this is a little bit over a year ago, we had our first conversation. He says, "Where are your leads going?" And I said, well, what does that mean? He goes, well, you know, where are your leads going? When the lead, when the calls come in, where are they going? And I said, my cell phone. And he started laughing at me. And he's like, you got to be kidding me. What is this, amateur hour? You know, your leads are going to your cell phone? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. And it wasn't until, he, I, you know, I hired him, obviously. And I, I joined the mastermind. But I started to learn that I didn't even know a tenth of what I didn't know. You know, you hear that term all the time. You don't even know what you don't know. When you're new in the business, you don't know what you don't know. And I'm, in, I'm and I'm and I'm not new in the business, and there's still a million things that I don't know that I don't even know, and that again is you know not to beat a dead horse, but that's why we're having this conversation. It's because I want to see you guys go out and surround yourself by the people that do know. If you need a great accountant, go hire a great accountant. If you need advice from an attorney, go sit with an attorney. If you need a mentor that's going to help you guide your way through your business, then reach out to somebody. Whether it be your local investor investment RIA, your investment groups that meet up, Facebook messaging boards, you know, hit me up on the flipking.com. Go on flipking.com or the Flipking Facebook group and comment or post. And I always get back to you. You know, if you're having a stumbling block somewhere, it's time that you invest in yourself. It's time that you have a coach or a mentor to help you get through your business or at least get you started in your business. Because you need someone to carry you, to make you have that confidence to take it to the next level, to up-level again, to up-level again, to up-level again. I've up-leveled so many times in the last 
14 months that I've been part of my mastermind group, I can't even tell you. I've achieved things that I had no idea I was even capable of achieving. It did have something to do with my effort. I spent more, I spent more time focusing on the important things and cutting out the, the, the non-important things that I did on a daily basis. But it had a lot to do with having someone to lean on for questions, for advice, to spin ideas off of, to spend your money properly. You know, where do I put money um, and how do I do it? And we had a great, uh, a great, one of the guys on our mastermind call today was talking about how, you know, he basically had, after his last flip, he had, uh, and this is the kind of higher level stuff that happens. He had $100,000 in money available in cash after this last flip he just did. So his, Topic for today's discussion was, you know, his challenge, if this, if you call it a challenge is I have a hundred grand, what do I do with it? Where do I put it? How do I make it work? And we talked through it and everyone gave in their own advice about how they would do it. And the bottom line is it's different for every single person, but I think we gave him enough ideas that he has a solid foundation moving forward on what he should invest the money in to grow his business to the next level. So those are the kind of things, just as by way of an example, that happen in a mastermind that happen when you're surrounded by mentors and other people at or above or near your level, wherever you're trying to grow. And leads me to one more point, and then I'll kind of wrap it up. There's different levels of masterminds. There's different levels of mentorship. So you know, some of the people that I listen to, like Darren Hardy and I think even Grant Cardone, they both owe their success to their mentor, Jim Rohn. You're going to hear about them talk. If you listen to those guys, which I, I highly recommend you do, uh, the entrepreneur roller coaster, for example, um, by, by Darren Hardy and also the, the 10 X, um, I forget what Grant calls the 10 X rule, uh, by Grant Cardone. These guys were inspired, were mentored, were coached by Jim Rohn, who was, you know, the coach of all coaches back in the day. And, they're different levels. So would Darren Hardy be a good coach specifically for someone who just got into a business? No, probably not. He's a guy who coaches CEOs and head-level executives around the world. But you're going to learn to grow and you're going to learn to get new mentors as you grow. You know, my mentors' mentors are not people that really would entertain a conversation with me. I specifically only mentor and coach people who have done five to 10 transactions in a single year. So I don't specifically want to mentor or coach or mastermind with people who haven't done any deals yet, but that doesn't mean that I won't give them advice on the blog and things like that. Once they've stepped it up to five transactions in a year, then we'll give them access to our mastermind group and our hot seat meetings You know that we do about once a quarter and get in, get them involved in that level, because once you've leveled to five, then you then you can kind of get in the door there. You know, there are levels that I'm not at yet that I hope to be at. But the whole point is wherever you are in your career, wherever you are in your business and wherever you want to get to, I would highly recommend you surround yourself with the people that are going to get you there. I would highly recommend you spend time with people that are going to get you there. You know, the way you find a mentor, take people to lunch, take people out for a drink meet them at a, a RIA event and then say, hey, you know what? We had a great conversation. Can we grab a cup of coffee sometime and talk about it? Your willingness to want to learn is going to get you through the door with someone that's really good if you show the, the action, if you, if you show the need and the want and the passion for the business. And I don't mean tire kick. I mean, show them the passion, show them you're willing to do the work. 
If a mentor takes you on and tells you to do something, do it. You know, what do you got to lose? If you haven't done a deal yet, you have nothing to lose. And the same thing for people who've done the five to 10 deals. You know, I was there too. Five to 10 deals in a year, that's pretty good for an investor. But if you want to take it to 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 deals a year, I would say you need to step it up to the next level and have a mentor or a coach or get in a mastermind, something like that. So anyway, I want to wrap it up, guys. I hope this is, uh, you know, this podcast was really informative for you. I hope you get a lot out of it. Again, feel free to hit us up at theflipking.com, the Facebook page, the Flip King Facebook page, and uh, leave your comments, leave your posts, leave your suggestions for future podcasts, and we'll definitely get to them. Until then, go out and be successful. Be successful.